Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Touching the Past with your host, Trisha Markle. Hello, my name's Trisha Markle, and this is Touching the Past a program where we explore the heritage of Huntsville and surrounding area, its past and not-too-distant past. Today, my guest is Wanda Lumley, and her name is synonymous with the Agricultural Society. Born and raised in the area, Wanda has been a member of the Society since she was 18, and I'm not going to say how long ago that was. Since then, she's served as President and is now Secretary of the Agricultural Society. Wanda has also sat as a Director for District 11, as a member of the Ontario Associations of Agricultural Societies, of which there are 225 in all. Not only is Wanda involved in the society, she's also a certified judge for fairs in Ontario and is a judging instructor for training new judges for fairs. With all that involvement, she still finds time for her day job with Muskoka Seniors, as well as being a volunteer at other organisations. It's well known that many of the first settlers were lured to the area with the promise of free land grants and excellent farmland. Well, I think we all know there was little truth in that excellent farmland bit. However, there were pockets of good land where some settlers survived and prospered. And with anywhere there are farms, large or small, an agricultural society is usually formed. Huntsville had Captain Hunt who felt the need to organise everything and the agricultural society was one of his ventures. 1876 was when the group was formed known as the East Muskoka Agricultural Society. It included members from Brunel, Chafee, Franklin, Stisted and McMurray, Perry and Armour townships. Local names that keep popping up in our story were part of it. William Can, Castleman, Reese, May and other prominent men of the era. Not all of them had farms. For example, Mr. May owned the hardware store in Huntsville. Well, Wanda, thank you so much for coming in today. And let's get down to basics right off the bat. What really is an agricultural society? Well, we are mandated um, by the Agricultural and Horticultural Act to promote agriculture um, and rural affairs. So keeping uh, the history always together with affairs. So that's the primary Thing now, I guess we don't have that many farms in the area anymore, do we? We don't, but uh, it's always good to buy local, and we try to keep within the uh, advertising the local farmers and and uh, hoping that they come out to the farmers markets. And yeah, we're always uh, waiting to uh, uh, join with other organizations to make that happen. Well, I remember just reading a little bit of scientific fact that the local agricultural whatever he was, representative that was here back in 1910, said that Huntsville should be a sheep farming area. So it never did quite come around to that, did it? Um, There is a book that uh, was handed out to any immigrants coming to Canada, and uh, it listed all the organizations and the areas where you would do certain agricultural events. And Huntsville is actually listed as good for sheep farming. Well. If you see the highlands of Scotland, maybe they're not far off there. Yeah. But anyway, um, you're 18. What drew you to the Agricultural Society? 
Um, we were voluntold um, oh. by our families. Um, my mother was uh, secretary of the fair uh, for years before I actually joined. But whenever there was help needed, the whole family joined in to give a hand. I know. Aren't parents wonderful? You know, I, I must admit I'm the same with my husband. If I volunteer for something, he ends up being part of it too. <laughs> so anyway, you know a little bit about the history of the Agricultural Society. Perhaps you, we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, it started in 1876. Uh, we changed our name to the North Muskoka Agricultural Society in 1882. Um, so that's the year that we celebrate the most. Um, and then, uh, wow, we were at uh, the grounds that where the farmer or where the Fairburn nursing home is. Uh, that's our original grounds. Uh, when we uh, sold our grounds so that they could build the hospital, uh, we moved over to where the arena was. And actually, the Ministry of uh, Agriculture and Food uh, gave $10,000 to Huntsville for building the arena, well, that, um, as well as the money that we had from the sale of our lot. Um, so we've always been a part and community-oriented and, and uh, trying to go and uh, get everything done for Huntsville. Uh, then in, I guess, early 70s, uh, we were told that we didn't have the use of the arena. But thank goodness, uh, when Mayor uh, Gord Snell was in, uh, we had purchased property from the town out Ravenscliff. So in 1963, we purchased that property. And then uh, when we were told that we couldn't have the arena for the fall fair, we said, well, let's move over to our property. And the first year, it was borrowing tents from Base Borden. And we had all these tents set up, and but we managed to pull off a fair. And uh, yeah, so it, it was really good. And we've been at the fairgrounds ever since. And uh, yeah, we really like it there. We've had the buildings uh, erected. We had the pavilion uh, made for our 125th fair. Uh, last year would have been our 140th, but uh, we were... We were too busy trying to get over the COVID hump to uh, really celebrate the 140th. So hopefully when we hit the 150 mark, we'll have a big celebration here at the fair. Well, the, it's almost been a traveling fall fair from the number of places that you've been. As you say, you were where Fairvern is now and then crossed the river to the arena. Yeah. Yep. And I've heard my husband talk about how all the school kids used to be bused to um, the public school, I guess, and they'd all parade down and up to the, the fall fair. And that was sort of a big event to, to end the, to start the year, new year, I guess. Yeah, we, uh, I remember marching in the parade with the little tunics that we had to wear. And uh, it was usually the grade eight students got to carry the banner for the school. And my, I know my brother uh, carried the banner for Pine Glen <laughs> and uh, in the parade. And then later on, uh, when we did move to the fairgrounds on Ravenscliff, unfortunately, um, the highway would not permit us going across. Well, so, yeah. it's a shame some traditions have to, to die. Um, <clears throat> you talked about having, building the pavilion. Um, the one that was built in 1910, it boasts of being a, a formal affair where ladies wore white gloves and uh, men had all their straw boaters on and I mean it was the social event of the year to head to the fall fair 
Oh, absolutely. That's where you found, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty prestigious. Uh, you went there and you could see all the new gadgets that were coming out, uh, the farm imp- implements and stuff like that. Yeah, it was definitely quite the thing to go to the fair and the competition. Like you had to have bragging rights for winning oh, <laughs> the competitions. <yeah. laughs> so who who cared about the, the money or whatever? It was that you had to have that ribbon. Yeah. Grandma's uh, pickle chutneys or whatever was, you know, had yeah. to be famous in the family because she'd won a, a ribbon at the fall fair. Um, we even had at one point a minister of the Ministry of Agriculture, I believe, set up representatives here. And I remember back into the, maybe into the 80s, there was still one. Do we still have a... a no, unfortunately we don't. But uh, yes, Gord Mitchell uh, was in the office here at the Ministry of Agriculture, which is uh, where the Knox chiropractic used right. to be. Yep. Uh, she's now moved. But uh, yeah, and they were excellent in helping us get the fair books printed. And I remember going in there and that's, yeah, he really stood for for us. And unfortunately, it, it had to close. So, Are there still many farmers around the area? Like... I mean, there's a lot of hobby farms, and, and but for people that actually farm to for a living type of thing, we have we have a few, but not very many. No, it's uh, it, unfortunately, uh, but with COVID, actually, we are trying to get back into that. A lot of people are trying to get into the more local foods and and stuff like that, which is excellent. You've got the good food co-op that has started and trying to get local farmers involved. So we may end up with a, a minute representative from the Ministry of Agriculture again that will give us, as it said in the one book I read, scientific advice for local farmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, the, uh, the Ontario Association of Agricultural Societies works really hard working with the government and, and ensuring that... Uh, you know, they are the go-between whenever there's the avian flu and, and stuff like that and really lobby work. They were really work together with the government, uh, keeping everybody informed and abreast of what's happening. And yeah. Well, that, that's very interesting because I, I grew up on a farm in Britain, but I've had nothing much to do with farming over here. So I'm kind of finding this very interesting. But we're going to have to take a short break now, but we'll get back to our story in a few minutes. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Touching the Past with your host, Trisha Markle. Welcome back to Touching the Past on Hunter's Bay Radio. Wanda Lumley is my guest today, and we're learning a lot learning all about the long-standing Huntsville Agricultural Society. So you're still a very active organization, and we'll get to the fall fair in a minute, but what other things are you actually involved in at the moment? Um, Personally, I'm uh, set to do some uh, judging schools. Uh, District 11 has uh, 16 fairs, and uh, so we always need judges. Uh, um, I'm at a fair every weekend, beginning the second weekend in August, until uh, I finish up with the Royal Winter Fair Wow, down in Toronto. And that's where I've been judging. And then, uh, so we need to teach these judges. 
So uh, we've got uh, numerous judging schools planned uh, in District 11, uh, March, April, May, June. So what, you, what do you actually judge? Are you livestock or? No, um, actually, I'm qualified for more of the home craft uh, area. I'm qualified for sewing, needle needlework, canning, baking, <laughs> crafts, junior, flowers, vegetables, and roots. <laughs> oh, just, just the odd item here and there. Yeah. So um, now that we'll talk about the fall fair, it's been running as long as the Agricultural Society's been around. And in fact, I believe that somebody, I can't remember who it was now, encouraged the schools to do their own fall fairs. Oh. And it was, uh, um, I think I might have the name here. Um, it, Mr. Pauley suggested, he was the one that suggested a lot of uh, schools just do their own little fairs. And uh, but then it became so popular. In fact, there were 35 schools in the area that did this and uh, the Agricultural Society did help be the background for this and they did uh, help out a lot with the school schools doing it. Now, even that the schools do participate in the fall fair, but it's kind of under the umbrella of the Agricultural Society. Yes. Yeah. Um, there are a few further north that uh, will still have the fairs do their little thing. I mean, do the school's uh, we'll do their own little fairs and then bring it to the fair, which is excellent, whatever gets them involved, which is great. Uh, there used to be a lot of 4-H clubs um, that got children involved as well. But we, we do have the school fairs. Right now we are pulling from 11 schools in our area, and uh, the kids are uh, numerous items that they can enter, and we have the prize list ready for this coming fair. So, Really? <laughs> Yeah, I guess something that's as big as the fall fair, you've been working on it for quite a while now. At the end of uh, last year's fall fair, we uh, got the contract for the Midway. And so that already that's already settled. We uh, are starting to book people. We had to redo the book to make sure that everything's interesting and up to date on the crafts that might be entered. And, and uh, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't take a week to put together a quilt. So they, they kind of need to know early <laughs> when to start their quilts. <laughs> my, around here, my only problem is that um, my garden's pretty near over and done with by the time uh, the fall fair comes around. And that has been an issue. Yeah, sometimes we don't have a very good flower display, but uh, we opted to be the last fair in our district only because there used to be a district competition. So all the fairs would be done, and then the winners of those fairs would come to Huntsville to compete in uh, Chainsaw, and there was other district competitions that used to end in Huntsville. Well, that would be, maybe you could start that again as if you don't have anything else, yeah. you know, on your plate. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about the district, what are we talking, just Muskoka or? Well, actually, most, uh, there's only one, two, three, yeah. Four in Muskoka. The rest are all are Perry Sound. So there's 16 fairs in our district, and the farthest one northeast is Bonfield. Uh, and then we go over to Perry Sound. We go Humphrey, McCuller, uh, Stisted, which is in Huntsville, right? Um, and then uh, we go Poisson is the farthest north that way, other than the Bonfield one. Well, it's, it's kind of similar to the original. Um 
Football Fair, um, original agricultural society that was first formed because it was all, it was Perry Township and it was Armour and it, it was, it included all these areas. Yeah, um, as well as Port Sydney and Utterson. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget my hometown now. <laughs> I know my, uh, I have a friend who is the president of the Strong Agricultural Society that grew up in Utterson and she remembers going to the Utterson Fair and her mom getting all of her entries ready and, and yeah. taking part in that. Well, it, it would be nice to, and I hope because of the shutdown we had, that it's encouraged people to get that full fair competition sort of thing going that now I know in my family, I've got a couple of daughter-in-laws that are now raising chickens, which I never thought I'd see, but um, they just sort of got into that and they've got gardens and, you know, let's hope that some younger people get involved in, in the fall fair again. Yeah, uh, we have the community gardens out at the fairgrounds and right now we've got 45 plots and they are all in use and we have a waiting list. And yeah, so people are starting to get back into that. And uh, it the community garden has been showcased down in Toronto, like this is what Huntsville's doing. Well, I think it's a wonderful idea. I grew up in Britain, of course, and we always, people that lived in towns or villages that didn't have room for garden, there was always allotments. This is areas set aside and mostly the husbands ran, you know, that was their quiet time was when they could get to the allotment. And it's nice to see that tradition here because I think gardening and growing fruit, vegetables is becoming popular again. Yeah. And that's what we have found. Um, the older uh, people that have moved into condos and retired and they, they still want to get out there and, and do the gardening. And a lot of them are bringing their grandchildren. And it's nice to see. So what is there anything upcoming now that is of interest to our listeners that with the Agricultural Society? Well, with the Agricultural Society, uh, we don't open our grounds until after the May 2-4 weekend um, because we just leave them all winter long and we don't have them open. Um, but any of the judging schools, uh, you don't have to want to become a judge. If you want to learn how to do canning, that's the best place for you to go because you've got all these instructors, you've got these judges that have been doing it for years, can answer any question you have regarding canning. And everybody is always welcome to register for those schools. And, and there's numerous schools available on the OAS website. Oh, that's how they would um, register and go to the, it's just the OAS? The o, yeah, Ontario Association of Agricultural Societies. Uh, you'll go on there. It'll give it district by district. So if you uh, have a cottage or you know somebody that has a cottage up here, um, but they live in Toronto, there are judging schools all over the province. So if they want to take part before they uh, come up to their cottage for the summer, then yeah, those schools are available for them as well. And it's all on the OAS website. That's fascinating that I never even, that never even occurred to me that that was available. But um, probably like all other organizations, the society would love to have more members and volunteers. And I mean, anybody could help out with the fall fair in some part. So how would they go about volunteering or being volunteered? The, the best way is to uh, go on our website and uh, contact us. It's HuntsvilleFallFair.com. 
pretty easy to remember. We're the Huntsville Agricultural Society. And uh, unfortunately, we don't use a phone in the wintertime. It's in the office. So uh, it's best to go on the website. And all the prize list is on there. All information, whether you want to be a vendor, whether you want to rent the grounds, where you, it's all on the, our website. Well, that's excellent. So it's been a pleasure having you here. I've learned a lot about the Agricultural Society that I didn't know, know about. And I'm looking forward to the fall fair as long as it doesn't. I mean, it just sounds for fall fair. Come I know. <laughs> it's a tradition, that, isn't it? That it, it is. rains fall fair weekend. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Wanda, for coming in today. Listen for more on local heritage on Touching the Past on Hunters Bay Radio 88.7. And for those who are not early risers, this and other Touching the Past episodes can be heard on podcasts.